The following podcast is presented to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Panel Discussion Podcast, your home for comic book talk right here on the BICBP Radio Network. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts, alongside, as always, Greg Norton. And we are back for another week, another special episode, as, as all the episodes have been pretty special lately. It's time to get spoopy. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. We're having a good time here. Uh, lots of lots of news this week. Lots of big stuff. Um, I just realized, like, April is, like, the coolest month to be, like, a pop culture nerd. In my opinion, like we've got WrestleMania this month. Yes. At least this this April, this specific April, we've got WrestleMania. We've got G One Supercard. Like those are all wrestling. Like I love wrestling, so that's all awesome. Yeah. And then comic book world, we've got Shazam. Yeah, that comes out well this weekend at the time of recording. So it, yeah, yeah, it had already come out at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hellboy, which this episode is all about, which I'm super pumped for. We've got Endgame. We had something else that just came out too that I'm gonna forget. There's a bunch of cartoons releasing. We've got the Ninja Turtles Batman. Uh, we've seen a bunch of footage for that. Yeah. Uh, among other things, we can go video game, pop culture, whatever. But like superhero fans, wrestling fans, this is awesome. This is a really great month. I've been just pumped all month. It's like announcement after announcement after announcement, trailer after trailer after yeah. trailer. Dang, those Russo brothers must have had just like a stock file for Endgame. Oh, you got to imagine that or think that they they would. It's oh, it's it's crazy. It's 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 crazy. Like I'm I'm just mind blown. And we got like multiple trailers got, like, like within six this trailers. Week spent, right? <laughs> I think. Week. Well, actually, no. I think we talked about the the second Endgame trailer last week or yeah, recently. We got three. So we got yeah. Um, we got three trailers this week. We got the ticket release trailer. The Thanos Wins trailer, which yes. is mostly the same footage, and then that other TV spot yes. that had like two just completely new shots that were like, oh. Mm. But, so with that being said, we can talk about those trailers, but here's the first disclaimer spoiler to put up. Russo Brothers go on file. Not only have I already said this before, that that a lot of that footage is unshot, one of those trailers is completely not in the movie. That's your bold statement? That's what they said. Oh, that's what they said? Really? <laughs> and I don't know if they're trolling, because it's what they do. But they said there is one of these packs of footage that none of it is in the film. That drives me nuts. <laughs> I love it so much. It is good, but yeah, it's still driving me nuts. Uh, they've done a masterful job, and, and like we were stoked. I, I know you had issues getting tickets, but you know, thank you again, oh, seriously, yeah. for getting all of us tickets. We are going, so we are going at 6 o'clock. On Thursday, day of release, we're in the second row, but there's recliners. It's fine. They Fandango exploded. Um, didn't know how to handle it. Literally, I had my back seats bought, and someone else bought that back row at the same time, even though we were waiting in line. Come yeah. on now. But the very <laughs> next day, I'm getting up bright and early in the morning. <clears throat> Going to go do what I got to do. Picking up my mom. 10.30, me and Supermom, we're going to see Avengers again, 10.30 in the morning. I'm so jealous. She hasn't, she, that'll be her first, but my second viewing. We're going Saturday for my dad's birthday, 11.30 in the morning. Um, yeah, he's, 
he's excited. He wanted to go opening weekend, and my sister took her took her the tickets, but she doesn't like get the concept of how crazy it was. Like she's like yesterday, she's like, yeah, why does AMC only have shitty seats left? I'm like, D- do you not go on the internet? <laughs> Like seriously, she's like, when did they go on sale? Do you comic book? <laughs> I know, right? She probably she doesn't, and not at all. But I'm like, they went on sale Tuesday. She goes, damn, I was watching close. I'm like, apparently not close enough. But we're gonna we'll, we'll be at our uh, our home theater Regal in yeah. Niagara Falls Saturday morning, bouncing so. around, and we're doing AMC for us, and then I'm going Regal Elmwood. Okay, at the very middle of the back row for that one. Then I'm trying to think. Oh, so so the tickets, that was what I was going to talk about. What was bamboozled me, so I get up at 4 a.m. That's just the truth. So I was checking Fandango all morning long, and I looked into it. Box offices open at 9 a.m. Eastern. Yeah. So I was like, sweet, I'll set my alarm for 8.50, be ready to watch the site. Happened to be stopped uh, at one of my stops for work, because I do like delivery driving, and I'm flipping through my Facebook, and Fandango clicks, Avengers tickets on sale. 8 o'clock. This is 8.02 a.m. I'm not ready. Box office opened an hour early to be ready for the Avengers tickets and to plague everyone who'd been waiting all morning. That's such horse shit. I love that. it. It was The best thing was, uh, I don't know if you saw the Facebook, like, it was like Avengers tickets on sale. It's like they knew it was coming because it was just a pile of dust was what the, the promo yes. picture was. Yes, yes it was. And it was like they knew, it, that's because they knew that was the future of their website, that it was just going to get turned to dust by this. <laughs> These poor theater seats are just going to be covered in bodily fluids of people releasing from excitement on this movie day. Yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. <laughs> so those theaters are going to be also turned to dust. <laughs> I'm probably going to nervously eat like three buckets of large popcorn during this. I'm going to have three of the pretzel bites. Do the pretzel bites in my... Wait, do they have them in AMC? I don't even know. Oh my god. I, I know they have them at Regal. I haven't been to the AMC we're going to since they redid it. There's a AMC in downtown Buffalo now that I went to for Captain Marvel where... It has trays on all the se- t- seats, and they deliver food to you. Oh, my God. You just order it before the movie starts. They Dude, that's do- awesome. As well as a full-functioning bar. Why do I live <laughs> in Niagara Falls, and why do I only choose to go to Regal? Yep, so you can – there's a full full bar service, so you can drink at the AMC, which, like, wow. So I can only imagine what that theater is going to be like on release night. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's right next to Chippewa. Like I feel like all of that's just a terrible idea. It's a horrible. No, that's a horrible combination. That's the end game. Absolutely, that is the end game. That's a horrible combination. I uh, love it, especially that area. I'm gonna go just to like. I'm gonna go pick movies that I know are just gonna be rowdy and just watch by myself and see. <laughs> be more interested in those people than the movies. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the way to do it. I, I really, you know, it's been a while, a couple years. I've been like, hey, I want to do this, but I really want to try one of those marathons. This yeah, let let's pick this one. Twenty two movies. What is it? It's a fifty six hour marathon. Fifty six, fifty nine hours, something like that. And like I could probably do that. I hope if it didn't work for a living, you know. Yeah, if, I, if I didn't have a job, if I, I podcasted for a living, like this, if this is my job, I could very easily what? rearrange my schedule to to cover legit two days straight of just movies and bo and and yeah. eating junk food. I could do it. There's someone who did get that opportunity. One of the movie companies, um, I actually would looked into it, but I don't have a big enough Instagram following or social media. Oh, is that how they do it? They were hiring people based on a social media following to sit down and watch every single Marvel movie to date for $1,000. So they would pay you $1,000, you go and you sit in the theater and you live tweet the whole time you're watching. If they... 
Whew, that would have been awesome. I would love to do can that. Can you imagine that? We can Patreon that for the next big Marvel event. We'll we just, should. Hey, pay for us to <laughs> watch these movies. That wouldn't be a half bad idea. I wouldn't hate that by any means. That'd be so cool. That's two like that's two full weeks of pay for me. I could take two full weeks off. Well, it's yeah. a little. It's, a little uh, it's not exactly two full weeks, but it's almost two full weeks. <laughs> true. True. Also, it depends on on. Uh, where you see it too, it probably worth. Oh. If you see it in like New York, you're gonna get like raped with taxes. It's gonna be. Oh bad. yeah, but still, that's awesome. Like you can just sit and I, I would gladly do that. Can you imagine that be yeah, being like a job. Like hey, all you have, you can do this. All you have to do is just live tweet the entire yeah. time. Like, well, that's on. what Roger and Eve are doing. Their opinions are usually wrong, so like it can't be that hard. <laughs> Look that's at Rotten Tomatoes. That yeah, is... I'll gladly take a shot at Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, dude, they suck. Um, so that's the end game. We just went on a tangent. Uh, the trailers were awesome. Some of the new footage was like Tony being reunited with Pepper. That was emotional, and I hope it's again. I hope it's true. It's a cool, mm-hmm. cool scene. But it's weird because the other scenes that they've shown, it's just the immediate Avenger. Like yeah. at the time, like Rhodey, Cap, uh, Black Widow, mm-hmm. maybe somebody else, and they're like seeing the ship incoming. Yeah. But like in that shot previously. There was no pepper, and now all of a yeah. sudden, it, you can tell it's that area. She could be in the building and like run she out. She very well. She probably, honestly, she probably is. I would imagine her being close to everybody. With this being her last film, I feel like her involvement's going to be bigger than we realize. Yeah. She could die. She could something. We don't know. Yeah. Um, the other thing that got me too was the handshake. Yes, the hand, that was awesome. Do you trust me? There's like this brief pause, and I do. And I, I'm just trying to. That's another thing. Like I'm trying to connect the dots. Like where. Where does this take place? Because yeah, it looks, looks like, like daytime. It looks like it the the lighting and everything. It almost looks like when uh, Ebony Ma and the other the other dude yes. showed up to New York when Doctor Strange Wong like that's like that's what it or looks Battle like. Battle of New York. It, it, yes, absolutely. So I'm I'm wondering. Um, I sent I sent you guys this. And this was a description I sent in the messenger. Let me just. Oh, I never read that. Shirk. <laughs> Let me see. While you read that, let me. I'm gonna quick run down the new stuff. Yeah, go ahead. So we have the footage of them showing up to fight Thanos, and Thanos like materializing, which looks awesome. Um, I can't remember if he did that before he had one of the stones. So if that's if he didn't, then that means the stone the gauntlet is still slightly functional. We've got Rocket sitting with Nebula, same in the same setting as the ship arriving. Um, there is a scene where they all. It, all the Avengers, including Tony and Nebula, I believe. I know Tony's in the shot. I can't remember if Nebula all stand up in a living room. Yes. Um, and it looks like a similar setting as where Captain Marvel was when she showed up in that, that scene with Thor. Um, but there's a lot of that stuff. There's probably scenes I'm forgetting about. But there's a lot of new stuff there. Now, I did see two shots of um, like the Avengers walk up and them all standing. And it clearly looks like... Someone was photoshopped out of both shots. Right. And one, Banner is present, so it can't be the Hulk. But in the other one, Banner's not present at all in the walking scene. So it could be the Professor Hulk we keep hearing about. Um, if Hulk in that purple suit and he looks more like Bruce, with maybe, so maybe they, they meet in the middle. Right, right. So there's all of that stuff. All right, I found this. This was... If if you're you know if you don't like the spoilers or anything, if you, if you don't not interested in this, just literally it's going to take me... Maybe a minute or two to read this. So so pause it and then come pause, back. skip forward, mute, mute it. it, whatever. Okay, so the description: There's an Avengers Endgame footage shown at Disney's CinemaCon panel. 
Um, this is courtesy of io9. I'm not sure what that is, but all right, here it goes. The Avengers are standing around quietly, and Captain Marvel starts to leave the room. Where are you going? Captain America asks her. To kill Thanos, she says. Wait, Black Widow says. We usually work as a team. We know you're important up there, but this is our fight, too. Cap adds, asking, how do you plan on finding him? Do you know where he is? Her response, I know who might know. I know people who might know. Then Nebula chimes in. She knows where he is. As Thanos was torturing her over the years, he'd tell her about his plan, and he said he'd go to a, a place called the Garden. Great. Thanos has a retirement plan, Rhodey says. But where is that? Rocket lays it out. He said when Thanos snapped, it sent out an energy field unlike anyone has ever seen until two days ago when another planet experienced something similar. Thanos used the stones again, they realized. So let's go get them and use them to bring everyone back, says Captain Marvel. Black Widow says they owe it to, to the dead to try, but Bruce Banner's worried. They're understaffed. So this kind of like connects to some of the scenes we've seen. Uh, they're understaffed, and he asks how they know it's not going to end like it did last time. And Carol goes, you didn't have me. <laughs> Rhodey goes, hey, new girl, everyone here is, is about that super life. Rhodey says to her before asking her where she's been. Uh, there are a lot of other planets out there, she said, and not many are lucky enough to have you guys. All this time, Thor has been quiet. He then stands up, walks over to Carol, and retrieves his hammer. I like this one. Then Cap says, let's go get this son of a bitch. Uh, cut to them all flying in the Benatar. How many of you have never seen been to space before, says Rocket. Um, a few people raise their hands, and, and he goes, well, don't throw up in my ship, he says. <laughs> Three, two, one, and they jump, and the ship shoots off into space. We watch it as a reflection in Captain America's eye as the ship disappears. So that's the description from that sounds this. pretty believable. Because yeah. that's not the first time I've heard that one. And either. the roadie like, lines were pretty true to like Don Cheadle's roadie. Yeah. And... So I was impressed. Um, some other spoilers. I, I like some of the Lego sets have been revealed, and mm -hmm. it looks like they're as long as they follow true to it. You know, there, there seems to be some kind of battle that takes place in the Avengers compound. Um, you know, amongst other things, um, just lots of cool stuff. I was, I was, I was very, very happy with how, how they displayed it. I think the last scene too of the, 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 the trailer release was cool with Iron Man, Cap and Thor standing at the very end. Yeah. I think that's an important one to bring up. You know, that's the, that's the Trinity of yeah. the MCU. Their version, for, yeah, essentially. essentially. So, you know, to see them standing up and, and see some kind of battle. I love Iron Man's armor. It looks just like his his cartoon version, mm -hmm. um, which is one of my favorite armors. Uh, I don't know what the, the model number is, but the styling, it looks really good. But um, other than that, I was, I, I loved it. I, I'm I'm even more hyped up, yeah. you know, than usual. It's going to be a good time. I'm glad I get to go see it with you guys. You know, I, I know we wanted to go live real briefly before, uh, you know, we get in and, and talk, like, you know, grab our seats. Well, we have to grab we'll our seats. We'll probably do it before we grab our seats, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, there'll be that, and there probably will be, as long as our wives aren't, like, all stabbing us in the ribs to go home and go to sleep, because it is three hours long. My wife probably will be, but... There'll probably be a very quick uh, reaction video, no spoilers, just us giving our first impression. It'll probably just be, like, a three-second video of us just with our, like, jaws just... I think that would mean floor. more than us talking about it <laughs> yeah. at all. So that's probably all you'll see is just us with our jaws hitting the floor and not knowing what to do and maybe a tear in our eye. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> so I'm pretty excited. Um, but before we get to – wow, this is going to be – before we hop into our Dark Horse comic. Yeah. It, before, we still got – DC has a little bit of news. They do. Um, Shazam is performing great, first of all. 
from what I've heard, Shazam's doing very well. People in Rotten Tomatoes love it. It looks great. I still haven't had a chance to see it at this point. Uh, by the time this is out, I probably have... Nope, I won't have seen it yet. I'll actually oh, be yeah. going to see I'm going, it I'm going this upcoming Saturday night at the time of recording. So I will be going... I have a lot of wrestling this month, which is awesome. Good Super busy. Good. Uh, so I will be... And then it's WrestleMania weekend, so True. won't be going to the movies on Sunday because WrestleMania is seven hours long. So... <laughs> So I will be seeing Shazam and Hellboy probably the same day. So there'll be that. I already have that planned. Have a Regal gift card primed up for one of those. Um, but Shazam's performing great. Great this year. I haven't heard any spoilers, which thank you. Oh, must I'm be nice. so glad. You ever talk on the phone to somebody and be like, hey, no spoilers, and they end up spoiling it to you anyways? Yeah, I've done that on purpose before. When I'm, like, when I'm just tell- When I tell someone, hey, a movie's great... And they're like, don't give me spoilers. I'm like, well, now I'm going to give you a spoiler yeah. because I wasn't planning on like, it. I, I just want to enjoy the movie. Like, I, I will be honest. I low-key spoiled Captain Marvel for somebody because I'm a jerk because they ticked me off. Because like, don't give me spoilers. I was like, I was just telling you I like the movie. Don't give me spoilers. Okay. Yo, I did that for Infinity War. We were talking about and so this this woman at work. She's so annoying. I, I would hate her. I don't, she's not at the job anymore, but I legit hate this woman. She's a terrible worker. <laughs> And she's probably never gonna listen to this, but just if you do, I she's like one I, of our favorite listeners. Watch. No, she she has me blocked on Facebook. That's how bad she hates me. <laughs> I hate you so much. The movie came out. It was like a month at month six weeks after Infinity War came out, and we're trying to talk about it. And she goes, "No spoilers, no spoilers." But at the same time, she's like, "So I start questioning. I'm like, who's the bad guy?" Uh, she doesn't know. So she's just doing it to feel cool and, yeah. and, you know, just try to fit in, which was her MO the entire job I had to work with her. But she also never seen any of the other, like, she's seen some of the other ones, but she does not like the So she had no she, business. So she just, like, shut up. Just shut up. Uh, I... You don't deserve... You, I'm going to spoil it for you on purpose. I low-key, like, <coughs> after the guy kept pushing, I was like, hey, Nick Fury loses his eye, blah, 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 this way. And he's like, that sounds so stupid. That's so stupid. That might be believable, but it's so stupid. I was like, yeah, it's definitely not true. I was just messing with you. <laughs> if you've seen Captain Marvel, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But DC, uh, we got our Jacqueline, Joaquin, however you pronounce his darn name, Phoenix Joker. I love it. It's great. So leave the source material at the door. That's my first thing. You gotta, you can't carry in the source material for this one. It's a lot like Heath Ledger's Joker, um, which hypocritically, like I wasn't crazy about Heath Ledger's Joker because of the same thing. Because it was very far from the source material, and I'm a big fan of like the animated series Joker. But man, like the taxi driver, like American Psycho feels I was getting from this had me pumped. It was a good vibe, very incredibly dark vibe. Yes, and I loved every bit of it, every bit of it. Like I was intrigued, and you know, like I said, we're traditionalists. When it comes to comics, we want it to be as, you know, maybe not perfect to an or the the, the true origin story, yeah. which gets you know retconned all the time in comic books. But as long as there's a resemblance, exactly, a, a, a decent resemblance to the original story, um, then it's. Then it works. It works for me. And that's the beauty of the Joker is there's never been one origin story for him. Like, you've got the Killing Joke origin story where he was the Red Hood. You have a little bit of, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget it. Batman, I believe it's White Knight, 
where you had um, Joker as Jack Napier, and that was his alter ego that you never really get to see. But then, like, classically, a lot of stories just Joker never had an origin. No. Um, Killing Joke was, like, his first. And we've seen a little bit of that back and forth. If you ever, if you really pay attention to Dark Knight, he never has a true origin in that. It changes every time he tells the story. Yeah. Um, and that's the cool thing about the Joker is you can definitely reinvent his origin. It'll be interesting to see. My only beef was I didn't see any hyper. Like he didn't seem super intelligent to me. He seemed a little more pathetic. But that could easily change with character changing and. Very easily. Yeah, the, the way the trailer looked, he was getting beat up all the time. Like, he was just a generally good, like, decent person, yeah. but bullied to, you know, bullied to, and that happens all the time in real life. He had a little bit of Norman Bates-ish yeah. attitude, the way he acted towards his mother, and I that was the first thing I was like, psycho, yeah. sweet, love it, <laughs> love it. Uh, but it'll, it'll be interesting. I think his laugh was incredible. That's a huge thing for Joker fans. I loved the laugh. It was perfect. Oh, the laugh is the most important part. The makeup is very old school, like very first appearance of the Joker. It was. It looked, um, and I liked how it's almost reflective of the mask that Heath yep. Ledger wore in Dark Knight. Which is the same thing. That was like Joker's first yeah. look was based off, uh, it's a famous painting of a, like a sad clown. And yeah. That's, that's the painting. That's where Joker came from first. So it's cool that it's keeping, so this could easily, like, we could start with this more like, I think it's an orange suit, right? Yeah. Orange suit sad face joker and then by the end of it his suit could be purple and he could have a big smile on his face very easily the only thing i mean it's just a trailer and obviously the movie hasn't come out yet but i just i don't see this one being this this version of joker being in competition with a batman not a version yet. of batman no. so there wasn't too many nods there was just the comment about gotham yeah uh there was an arkham nod which was cool uh, I kind of hope we get a Harleen Quinzel, just like Easter egg. Nothing. I don't want anything more. Harley doesn't have to be in this version, but I wouldn't mind seeing him like walk through Arkham and see like Doctor Harleen Quinzel's nameplate on a door. Yeah, just a subtle reference. Yep. I think that would be great. Um, and, and any of that, just I'm hope. I think with Arkham involved, you can see a lot of name drops there, similar to what we've seen in like Arrow and stuff, where you could have Mister Freeze's name on there, or you can have that. So there's a lot of potential of it still being a connected universe without needing a superhero yet. Right. Um, <coughs> it'll, it'll be interesting. I'm very excited to see it. But again, like there's so many Joker origins. Even Gotham has its own take. It actually had two brothers now that have pl- both been essentially the Joker and now is really introducing the real Joker at this point. Right. Um, but it's fun. But again, leave the source material at the door. Leave your other Jokers at the door. Because if you look at them all, all of them have been so different. The, maybe the two closest were um, Caesar and and uh, uh, Jack Nicholson. Nicholson. Yeah. But even then, they had their differences. Like it's just all about about representation. I think the closest to the comics will always be Mark Hamill's animated Joker. A lot of the and people have said this before. A lot of the mannerisms, the speaking patterns, the laugh, all comes from that and has translated to the comic books. But live action, like. I don't think we're going to get that perfect Joker because everyone's trying to reinvent their own. Like, we had Juggalo Leto. We had Heath Ledger's very different. I said Juggalo Leto. I don't care for Leto at all. I don't think anyone did. I it think, rubbed even the, his, co-actors, his co-workers the wrong way. Had he, like, I think had they erased the, the, the tattoos, 
and done something a little different with him, he would have been okay. The voice was, I was fine with the voice. Yeah. The laugh was okay. It was just all the extra, like the leather jacket. And I was like, I want, I want, <laughs> I want clown prince of crime. Right. That's my Joker. But yeah, so there's, there, there's a lot to be excited about um, on that front. Uh, I'm excited to see DC. I hope DC just sticks with these standalone films. I hope they realize, like, hey, we're just going to do this. this. That's the way to go. Cause they're, they're at the point now where they'll always be compared to Marvel. Yep. Uh, it's just it's too late. Yeah, they, they dominated the, the movie scene in, in, you know, the 80s and 90s, but um, it's, it's Marvel's, like, Marvel yeah. runs it now stick with your animated do your your you can do and more again you can do your elseworld stories you can just make it essentially comic books for live action just yeah. do that um just tell your own stories because marvel's got you beat in the connected story and no one's ever going to be able to replicate it the dark universe has tried their movies were f- like famously flops yeah they, they, every time they launched it it fell vampire or uh, dracula untold then they had the mummy that i never even bothered seeing it was a flop, flop after flop. Maybe Godzilla. I guess that's comic book news. The new trailer for Godzilla dropped, and it's sick. <laughs> that is comic book news. I'm gonna say that it's sick. It's, Freaking loved it. I gotta watch it. Yeah. Classic monsters. We've got Mothra. We've got um, Spiga from Son of Godzilla, which is a throwback. Right. We've gotten Ghidorah, who's awesome. So, so it's gonna be Rodan. Like, it's gonna be huge. I'm super excited for that movie. And they've announced 17 kaiju's are active. So we could see all 17, or we can possibly just get teases. But they're making a big universe out I'm, of it. I'm excited for that, that aspect, without a doubt. But. So let's hop in. Yeah, I know. 25 minutes in. Let's let's get to our topic. I'm glad we should, like, lessen the amount of books we're planning on reading. I did, right too. I, I, like I said, I've had a crazy, crazy week. And when you were just like, okay, let's just do two, I had the biggest like relief. <laughs> it was like getting a massage all over again. Uh that's not by me not by no 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 no, no, no let's just confirm not by greg we're not like that um it's okay if you are but <laughs> you just dig yourself I, I i'm just burying myself oh, um but incredible. yeah so so this upcoming weekend uh essentially time recording is hellboy hellboy is a major i think one of the biggest non-marvel non-dc comic book characters dark i would horse have to is probably it's probably dark horse's flagship comic yeah i would i would go to on a limb to say that um image has spawn who's bounced that's true yeah yeah is. and but but uh we've got hellboy is like the probably the biggest property in dark horse they have other properties as well they're pretty popular dungeons and dragons properties um they've got beasts of burden but this is their it's so de facto best. Yeah, it, it's really good. And, you know, there, there's been a lot of, it, it's been their most mainstream. Um, there's been video games. And, you know, there was one back in the 90s. I, I never played it, but I remember. Is that remember, Blood and Iron? No, that was the movie. It was Blood and Iron. I'm not, oh, let's see. What was it Media? Remember Media Play? Yeah. Back in the day. I remember, like, in the like early 2000s before it closed down, I was, I used to just hang out there. It was the cool, like, that was my way of getting outside, just go hang out inside Media Play. But I, I seen they had a copy of it for PS1, this Hellboy game, and I was like, what is this? You know, I didn't know what was to become of the character. You know, we had a, a great, um, well, I liked him a lot. I, Ron Perlman, I think, will, unless this guy does 
you know, blows me away. Ron Perlman will always be Hellboy to me. Science of Evil. Okay. I do remember it now. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, but yeah, Ron Perlman did a really good job of that Hell, you know, giving that Hellboy vibe, the attitude, and mm-hmm. and just everything all wrapped in one. The look was really incredible really cool at the time and it was you know that was all it wasn't like cgi that was legit cosmetics that That was the genius of del toro who's one of in my opinion the best live action monster designers yes um if you've ever seen pan's labyrinth go see it simple it's all in spanish but his monster designs for that are incredible and we see that in the hellboy movies as well yeah uh very you know very impressed still still holds up you know, wow. relatively well today, I would say. I mean, I could still sit down and watch it. Oh, yeah. uh, I watched the first one over and over a bunch. I've seen the second one a few times, but um, you know, this is all like this episode again. Another big learning experience for me to get me more in depth because all I've never read a Hellboy comic before. Um, I know you're you're a lot more in depth with comic books and, and, and different you know publishing companies and all that, so. You've read your fair share, I would imagine. But for me, this is a brand new learning experience. All I've known Hellboy is is Ron Perlman. And that's important to say is, like, that's most people's, like, I think first... I think even mine, it was my first uh, introduction to Hellboy was yeah. the Ron Perlman movies, which are very different from the comics. They they definitely adapt it well. It's a lot of, um, oh my gosh, I'm going to forget, Right Hand of Doom. And then the right before that, I think it's... Seed of Destruction or Wake Seed of Destruction, I think it's based on those books. Like for like relatively between the first four books is a lot of those first two movies, and then Golden Army was an original story, okay, uh, with some aspects. But Ron Perlman did a really good job at adapting Hellboy. But the beauty is, like, if you read the comics, it's like, oh yeah, it's pretty similar, but it's still not dead on. It's not a spot on. Um, take on it and i think it's interesting coming into this new movie you're already watching it it feels like david harbour's hellboy is more based off ron perlman's than it is the comic books as well right 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 there's a lot of changes already like and they did some of it they did on purpose it's the same as the spider-man movies we're like well we gotta retcon some stuff because we don't want to make the same movie over again um like broom in the comic books famously has a very good relationship with hellboy in this, Ian McShane's broom seems a little bit... They, their relationship seems more strained. Um, so there's that. There's a lot more... The BPRD has a little bit more of a a new age... What's the word I'm looking for? Like a new age shield, almost. And less of like an old classic spy company. Like right. A secret organization. So there, there's definitely some changes. But it, Hellboy's a really cool book um, in the sense of it's a huge interconnected universe that a lot of people don't even know. There's the Hellboy books. There's like three or four Hellboy titles. Same thing with BPRD. Right. Which is the Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense. Um, Separate Hellboy stories. Same universe, totally separate from Hellboy. Abe Sapien. There's Lobster Johnson, who's Hellboy's hero. Love Lobster Johnson. (laughs) Um, And he's like, he was born, he was before Hellboy shows up in the books later as a ghost. And he's like, Hellboy wants to be Lobster Johnson. Um, You got Witch Finders, which is like talking about the first ever witch hunters. There is Sledgehammer 44, which is more about like World War II. Uh, There's a Frankenstein story. And there's going to be one I'm going to forget. But it is all written and drawn by Mike Mignola. There might be a couple books he didn't do, but like he has this very low-key interconnected universe going on with all of these characters and all this stuff. 
um, inspired by Lovecraft. If you if you didn't know, like this, these books are super Lovecraftian. Yeah, and I love it. <laughs> I think the most impressive thing for me too is that you know how popular he is, in, in as far as mainstream goes, you know, compared to the other like Marvel, DC, and how still relatively young his character like not yeah. like him himself but like the, his story oh yeah uh, i think 1994 was his debut 93 yeah 93 94 yes that's right 93 94 um so he's relatively new i mean there's a, there's villains and stuff that they come into you know popularity with obviously the 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 mark i've seen like like carnage is relatively yeah. new too but there's been a lot of characters that have become popular in that short amount of time with the Marvel and DC machine Someone behind them. piggyback off. Yes, exactly. And in this case, it being a, you know, it's definitely not as mainstream as Marvel DC. Like, you got to admit, you know, it's it's definitely not that at all. But um, they still found a way to make it uber popular. Well, there's, the, the I think one, like Lovecraft is something that's like a, has a cult following. It's a very interesting topic it's very unique and weird, and people just love to read those like odd stories about these weird, unique monsters. Yeah. Two, Magnolia's art style is incredible. It is t- super unique, super un- like not something like had I just seen that without like reading Hellboy books before, like someone around be like, oh, they get that's kind of cool, but like I would have been like, that's and that's never gonna be anything. But as you read it, like you grow an appreciation for it. So that gave it a ton too. His his art style, the inking style they use, is all very different than anything we've seen in comic books before. There's not a style that rivals it. And again, his interconnected storytelling is just incredible. So it's really helped the, drive this story forward. All those unique aspects it has. Right. Uh, it's like nothing we've ever seen before. And and some it always goes to say there's something for um, stories that talk about heaven and hell just draw people in that 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 idea of beyond think about supernatural has been running for 15 seasons as of this year it'll be going on its its 15th season yeah um just any stories like that where those topics are there people are very interested in the mystical and the beyond and different people's takes on it um because it's just something we really don't know so you can really let your imagination run with it because it's like this stuff could be possibly in like some form or another or have existed in the past you know so I, I think it's really cool and I think that's one of the reasons for its success. And it's just just really well done and it's got like that unique cult following feel like something like Army of Darkness that it had as well. Right. Just different. Absolutely. So we got some books today, um, as normal. That's kinda of what we do here. Uh, we got four we books. Do? We do, I think so. I think I, I only think so. Oh. Um, but I will start us off. 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 Coffee. Technically five books because I'm actually going to be reading. Two oh yeah, that's one. true. That is true. Uh, let's see. Let me get it, get it up. And no, I'm not talking about that. Jeez, today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to read uh, Hellboy's debut in 1993, and this was uh, San Diego Comic Con Comics issue number two. It was, it was pretty much. Uh, a compilation of a bunch of stuff that's you know about to come out. It's like, uh, like there's an advertisement for Madman, and I seen what was the other one I seen? It was really good. Oh, Sin City uh, was in this one as well. And really, yeah, I don't know if this is when it debuted, but yeah, they had a, like a little black and white like, and this is all part of the book. It's like they're that's cool. I love Sin City's artwork. <laughs> it's dude, it's so good. They actually did a good job translating that to 
the, the you know the, yeah, that little just that little hint of red that noir style absolutely um but this was this was a cool thing to see i mean it was very simplistic it's all black and white and very like the graphic the, the artwork is not very detailed it's very simplistic they knew what they were doing they were just trying to put something out and just to give it a little bit of a taste as to what was to come but um all right so uh, Hellboy is walking around, and um, there's a giant like restaurant thing. It's got a let's see, oh, it's a cafe. Um, and on the there's a there's a cowboy boot, and on the cowboy boot is a scarab, a sign that says "Eat," and a swastika. Very random, um, you know, too many idioms. If you ask me, that's what he says. Um, but he's walking around. It's very obviously vacant. People vanish. They're gone. Um, but Hellboy comes across a dog, a stray dog. It's just, you know, just kind of walking around. And he goes, hey, you know, hey, pup, don't be afraid. I'm not nearly as scary as I... And then he pauses and he goes, look. And all of a sudden, this dog just mutates. And it's huge. Uh, <laughs> one moment, harmless puppy dog. Next moment, giant monster dog. Like... It's actually, it's pretty funny. And, and right off the bat, in classic Hellboy fashion, usually gets, like, beat up, like, initially. Like, I noticed oh, yeah. that a lot, like, in the movies especially. He gets grabbed by this giant dog thing. Um, he goes, you know, Hell, hey, I know you. You're Anubis, uh, the ancient Egyptian god of mummification. And as he says it, Hellboy gets launched across. And <laughs> uh, Anubis goes, puny mortal. Uh, you, or, you dare speak the name of Anubis in such a tone. So, um, let's see. Uh, there's a big, you know, just obviously it's a big fight that ensues. Um, he grabs an, Hellboy grabs an arrow from the gas service station and launches it into Anubis. And it goes right between his shoulder and, and, and neck area. Is that in color? They redid it later on. I knew I'd read this before. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but that's it. Anubis... You know, he starts to weakening, and he's breathing heavier, and he just collapses. Um, and uh, it's right by, he sent him, uh, Anubis crashes into a flammable, looks like gas is leaking everywhere. And it ends, like I said, it's a very short book. He's, I really wish he hadn't fallen on the pumps, because that's the last scene is him just, you know, blowing up. Uh, but yeah, Hellboy, Mike Bignola's Hellboy, who's been a consistent part of the Hellboy um, lineage, world's greatest paranormal investigator coming in 1994. So that was that. Was that. Um, all right. So what happened here? Uh, well, or a review, essentially. Artwork. Uh, it's, it's simple. It's not good at all. But <laughs> it's not good at all. Um, it wasn't detailed, but I understood. I, what are you doing? I just uh, want to compare it to that's the same exact art where it just recolored. Yeah. The color does help it pop a lot more, but oh, even yeah. still, because look at, I mean, you got the shading and, and stuff too. Um, so the black and white version, which is what I read, but Greg is showing me the, the in color version. I'm actually more, whoa. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just punched my laptop. It's been a long day. Uh, I'm actually very visually impressed with the coloring for the original one, but um, what I'm reading or for this this remake one, but um, I will grade I, I will grade on, on on what I'm seeing here as for as far as the Comic Con release. Uh, it's not it's 
super simplistic. Like not even like Sunday comics. It's like the my, first draft. Yeah, 100%. essentially. Yeah, it's it's like a you know one of the, you see like a storyboard essentially. But um, for the artwork for this book, I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a five. Um, I knew what they were doing though. It's not like a a bad thing, but um, all right, action. Action was pretty cool. He threw a sign. He got grabbed by this Nubis thing. It was a short book, but you got to take you know you got to take that into account um, with it. the The fighting was relatively cool, while short, but it was it was decent. I'm gonna give it a seven. Uh, story. Let's see. Story was was you know is non-existent. Um, it's just really him passing through a vacant place. He's a dog. Um, and like, keep in mind, I, I do acknowledge that this was a introduction to him, a pilot episode essentially. But I think it was still very important to review um, for it. Um, but I'm gonna go with as far as story, it's it's not a whole lot there. I'm gonna give it a five. Um, dialogue, dialogue was cool. I can hear Ron Perlman with the way the wordage was using was being used, and I get like this when it comes to Hellboy, like his dialogue. I, or dialect, however the correct pronunciation is, um, you get like that, like I get that Ben Grimm exactly. vibe, 100%, like how he talks. What? Ron Perlman is Ben Grimm. <gasps> oh, shoot. <laughs> Bam, we just solved it. We There you go, MCO. I, I would not, I probably wouldn't hate that. I would love that I would, so much. Um, the, the dialogue was a strong point in this, so I'm going to give that a 10. Rereadability? Uh nostalgia purpose it's it's definitely a cool little cool little read if you you know you're looking to get some mileage out of it you won't find it but it, for nostalgia purposes it holds up really well i'm gonna i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a six for readability giving it a score of 33 out of 50 for the very first appearance of hellboy san diego comic-con comics number two 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 i will hop in i'm actually so i'm doubling up um, because originally we were going to do three books, yeah. and I just read two issues in a row. I don't have the issue number because I'm reading off my volumes. Um, okay. But this is the first and second issue out of the, the Blood Queen story that we're actually going to be – the movie is actually going to be about. Um, so it is from – I can find out the title. First, it is from The Storm and the Fury. Um and that's how a lot of these books work. They all are titled, like there's Hellboy, um, shoot, I'm going to forget the name, Hellboy Seeds of Destruction, there's the BPRD Play of Frogs, like their story, their stories, and, and that's how they work. They're, yeah. they're very much more like a, a book, a novel approach than a comic book approach in that aspect. But it starts, um, they are in England, and it comes across this priest who is talking to a police officer, and... Um, in his church, there are four tombs. They are of different uh, ancient English knights. And th- there's a cop with him, and he's saying, so, like, he's basically telling him, like, the bodies, like, he's how, like, how the body, did the bodies get out of here? Like, these are huge stone tombs. They just lift themselves out. He's like, well, I don't know, like, people wouldn't have to really lift the bodies. They were just decomp- decomposed skeletons in suits of armor. Um, so, but there's no crowbars were used or anything. He's like, I can't really tell. Do you have any ideas? And as he says this, he looks over at Hellboy and um, Alice, who are sitting in a, the church pew. 
who just he and the officer goes because you just happen to stroll through here as this all happens and Hellboy's just says like oh i'm just friends with the, with the officer ever since the headless nun thing back in 1962 um, but i guess that was before your time and the officer says well if you have anything like you have my card you can call me and i love that all this is going on and there's actually people in the church pews <laughs> like there's other people around as they're just there like talking about <laughs> these dead bodies that got stolen and the officer's like headless nun and then keeps on going um there's one tomb that isn't open, and it's because the guy is a traitor. And as they see that, like, as they say that, Hellboy hears the words forgive me in his head. Um, and they just keep on going. He kind of keeps the the uh, priest in the dark, but there's then a shot that the priest did see a suit of armor leaving his building, like walking out of his building. Um, they keep He keeps trying to get him to tell him, but nothing. So it goes on. Hellboy talks about how he's quit drinking. And um, he, him and Alice begin talking as they're leaving. That, like, she says, like, the noble dead of Britain are rising from the graves, as was promised to you. Like, why didn't you say anything about it? <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> and as they go, like, like, they talk, like, this is something happening everywhere. Dead knights keep leaving churches. And then Hellboy kind like and but she goes like but anyway like why are you not drinking and he talks about how he left the the bureau and traveled all over and went on all these adventures that ultimately led him to becoming the king of england because he found and now is wielding excalibur Ooh, that's kind of cool. cool um and because he has excalibur someone told him that these knights would begin to come and be ready to serve him um so they continue that talking in a typical hellboy fashion they're driving down the road they see someone with a sign that says the end is nine they're like i don't like that what could that mean and then all of a sudden a giant like uh, beast in armor punches the front of the car and they go flying down a hill and be- get into a fight um hellboy is stabbed through the heart with a spear and all of these other beasts are like sitting around him telling him he'll never be king uh, it cuts back over so that was a like a flashback it cuts back over and he is indeed at the bottom of the car with alice and there is a different beast coming after him um he begins to fight this beast and the beast is like this wild like monster with like uh, porcupine needles all the way down and he has like a uh what's the word like a marking on his face they just go back and forth and he says how he's serving a queen uh the true queen and asks hellboy who he'd have for a queen and hellboy says mab the last queen of the fairies of ireland um and the beast says oh the old woman is dead and it shows a scene of her getting her throat cut um he goes this is war now that's all this means a word of uh wipe out humanity as this is happening another beast seems to be akin with this beast and he's um sitting on a tomb of an old man which seems to possibly be merlin is what i'm guessing they don't really say um, but it begins to talk about nimue who uh, is actually like classically the serpent in right. the garden in this version it's not not always her but in this version she's the serpent in the garden and um 
she was doing all this this terrible stuff um, but it got her killed and locked away and now she is leading this army um, of the of beasts to kill Hellboy um, and take her right as the true queen and they find out that this beast that Hellboy is currently fighting was actually a porcupine that she that um, Nimue took the blood of the fairy queen and like made him into this by rubbing it on his face um, it goes back and forth They're, they just continue to fight um, and it, it's a lot of fighting and like exposition back and forth back and forth and the Merlin-esque character tells this pig beast like um, you think like everything's going to be better again if you have Nimue leading you everything's going to be the rivers are going to run with blood and the fields of uh, will be filled with white bone and he goes and I'm going to make you live to see all of it and suffer uh, it cuts away and there continues to be a storm and that um, the knight that was the traitor rises from his grave and the priest like begins to pray to him um, keeps going a lot of combat Hellboy finally catches the sword of Excalibur and kills this beast with it after being stabbed through the heart Hellboy was stabbed through the heart and just like the spear just goes right through him and he lives and like doesn't even affect him um, and then he goes back turns around the as he kills this beast the sword is knocked out of his hand and he turns around and refines it it's just sitting in the ground in front of him like waiting for him um, that all ends and they turn around and immediately like there's just a random tavern in front of them and they don't know why so they, <laughs> so they walk into the tavern because it begins storming uh, and there's just a lady there pouring them drinks and as they turn around there is um, a whole oh wait I gotta finish this first um they see a sign about the end is nigh hellboy remembers his conversation with professor broom where hell uh, broom was telling him that he he's special and hellboy goes but not like superman and not like frankenstein but who am i special like and he's like you're like lobster johnson <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and hellboy's just all excited about it um and then he turns around and he looks out and all of the knights of dead knights of England are surrounding the uh, tavern ready to serve him. It's a lot. <laughs> That's a big one. Is that the twofer? That was the twofer. That was the twofer? Okay. That's why. Sorry if that got confusing. Super cool. I, I really enjoy Hellboy's storyline. Um, I'll hop right into it. The artwork. I, on the other hand, love Mike Mignola's artwork. It's very different. It's like I said, it's very unique. His coloring is crazy. It is very simple, and like I said before, like normally, um, I don't think it's everyone's cup of tea. I think a lot of people are like, oh, this isn't the best. In comparison to other artwork, it's not. It's right. really, it's very simplistic. Um, but I love the style of it. I'm gonna give the art an eight. Okay. Um, it definitely appeals to me. Action wise, there's a ton. Action's an eight. Story wise, uh, wait, eight and a ten. Eight and an eight. Eight and eight, okay. Story is very good, but this is two issues long, and I'm still kind of lost. Okay. And, and I know there's other stuff before, but I'm going to give this story a six. 
Okay. Um, it's pretty cool, but there's just a lot. Like, it's not one you can just hop in the middle of it. You kind of have to read the past issues of Hellboy, um, at least the main story issues, to kind of get what's going on in this specific one. Um, dialogue. The dialogue is very well done. Um, I'm going to give the dialogue a seven. And then rereadability. Uh, I will be continuing this issue or this volume. I'm probably going to go back and read everything else I understand. So I guess I'd have to give the rereadability a 10 if it's forcing me to want to read more. Nice. Um, so that's that. Good. 39 out of 50. That's the first two issues of Storm and the Fury. Okay. For Hellboy. Very good. All right. My second book, my last book here. I was actually really glad. I, I didn't have a rhyme or reason for choosing it. Uh, there, there really wasn't one. I was just looking up different titles, and um, this one it turned out to be really, really good. Hellboy, the Crooked Man, and others. It's multiple stories, actually. Um, some kind of compilation book, and but the the story itself, this one is um, relatively long. All right, so it starts off with uh, Hellboy. He's he's trudging through the Appalachian Mountains in Virginia. And, um, you know, there's these very southern people. They're, you know, they, they look, ask for his help. Uh, there's a woman lying on the ground. And uh, she has this thing called a, um, let's see, a witch ball attached to her. Um, so something, they think something's, something's up. But um, this gentleman named Tom Farrell ends up joining Hellboy on this adventure to figure out kind of what's going on they have uh, a lot of discussions and you know back and forth and you know tom he's he's obviously not hellboy but he's kind of like a hero in his own right um, and they were i think they were born around the same time too if i'm not mistaken i'm not sure when exactly this book takes place but um tom says he remembers hearing about him when they found him uh back in world war Two. I think it was. Yes. Um, so they, they go to this, this lady's house, Cora, and they're exploring because this is where this, they found the witch, witch balls here. Um, and they're, they're like those little, uh, like, uh, it's hard to describe. Like those they look like those little spiky things that like stuck to your shirt. Oh, okay. And they blow off like little like weeds in the ground. Um, but let's see. They're looking at this and then um, they see, they find a whole, uh, a Bible. And it's got a huge cross written on it and it says Cora Fisher um, you know, Tom knows her from his childhood uh, apparently but he also looked into this some chest or some underground thing and there's like this moth that's flying around in a bottle I'm not sure what exactly it is um, meanwhile Hellboy is looking around and he goes into a room and it's this is the weirdest thing I've ever seen um, in a comic book uh, there is the, a woman's this Cora girl, it's just her skin on the bed. Creepiest thing. She's just lying there. Um, no bones, no anything. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, you know, and Tom's like, well, that's uh, interesting. And she's like, okay, okay, I guess we'll wait till she comes back for it. Uh, so they do. And he's telling the story of how he met Cora, essentially, when he was a kid. And... You know, doing yeah, practicing witchcraft and, and stuff like that. Um, but all of a sudden, there he, he brings up this guy named uh, Crooked, the Crooked Man, and he's actually really disturbing. Like I'm getting like, uh, what were those old children's books? 
that used to have the one was like it was all like black and white, really dark imagery, but the one had like a clown. Oh, scary stories and uh, to tell in the dark. Yes, that Guillermo del Toro, who's famously connected with Hellboy, is making into a movie right now as we speak. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Actually, um, it'll be released soon. But yeah, very much like I get that. Yeah, it, it looked just like that. Let's see. So he's retelling the story about about what this guy's deal is. He's kind of like. I don't know. He oh, what's the other character's name? Uh, Rumpelstiltskin, almost like he he makes deals with people and and, and bargains with them and, and stuff like that. And they don't always end up in in the person he makes a deal with favor. But anyways, they're, they're after they're done talking, this raccoon comes in and crawls into the the skin of this creature of uh, Cora, and she comes back too. And they're disgusting. They walk outside. And there's this woman who is actually this this is where it got confusing. Um, but there there is some woman out there on this old like withered horse. Oh, her name's Effie Kolb, and uh, she's definitely into witchcraft and and all that fun stuff. But um, let's see, she jumps off this horse and. Um, Tom goes over to, to check on the horse, and what it does, as soon as he touches it, it morphs into his dad, who's old and just about like dead. It's 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 kind of it's kind of creepy, but um, anyways, the the adventure continues. A lot, a whole lot of discussion, and they end up at a it's kind of an old abandoned church where there's like some kind of priest there. Um, hanging but it, i mean this huge like battle ensues and there's all sorts of monsters and and the crooked man shows up and it's just it's it gets it gets re- relatively interesting crooked man tries to um barter with the priest like he makes him younger and he offers him gold to to give up tom and and and, and so much you know just a bunch of different stuff but um it eventually ends like it, it's it's a relatively enjoyable and lengthy fight with he's bringing back like people of the dead who were buried on church grounds like you know oh this this person was a drunk a liar a cheat a whore and like why are they buried on church property and stuff like that it, that was like a theme that was brought up um but Hellboy eventually goes to work and he uh he defeats the crooked man and all his and these witches that are on you know with him um and this story ends. They go into and like some other like house. Like oh, I lost it for a sec. Um, they travel to some other mansion. Like it, this is a very very lengthy story. Uh, but there's there's a lot of traveling, a lot of adventure in it. And I'm trying to find where it ends. Every time I scroll down, a new nice pornographic image shows up. Uh, oh my god, <laughs> I hate this website so much. That's why I just use Comixology. Yeah. Sponsor you told me that last time. Yeah, sponsor. sponsor me. Uh, let's see. Okay, so they're in this building. Some stuff happens. Fighting this giant skeleton with, like, centipedes and stuff crawling out of it. And I'm so lost. This is a long story. They all are. Which I actually appreciate that fact. 
They're very like episodic. It's like watching like X Files or, or like something. a Daredevil episode, and yeah. like it's like an hour long. Like it's it's yeah. very lengthy. Well, and it's and it's like X Files in the sense of like they'll just have random stories that'll. And I was kind of saying this before, like they'll eventually interconnect down the road. Yeah, but it's more like a TV show than a typical com. It's not like a full on serial. It's an episodic serial. If you're if you're TV, if you're a TV savvy at all. Uh, but they eventually catch up with that Effie Cole lady who looked really young, and she's all old now. And what they do is they put a one of the like the horse collars, I think, that goes over their face, puts it on, and she turns into a horse. It's, it's some like enchanted thing, uh, and it ends with Tom going, "Oh, not a very Christian thing to do." And Hellboy goes, "I like her better this way. I wonder where I can." Tom goes, I wonder where I can get me some paint. And he paints, beware, I'm a witch. And that was the end. That was the end of the story. So, uh, it was, like you said, it was, it was very, I'm not going to say chaotic, but definitely uh, all over the place. Um, okay, so this is actually a really good book. And, and while my, my reading of it, my portrayal to it was interesting and very lengthy and maybe sound confusing to some some um, I, I like all of these are gonna be kind of I very funny. much like this book the artwork was very very good it's almost almost like cell shading but it was very there was a certain depth to it very well done artwork's gonna get a 10 action awesome great action a lot of fighting uh, and a lot of just a lot of cool a lot of cool uh, shots with that I'm gonna give that a 10 the story um, this actually might get a perfect 50. It might. Um, this The story was really good. It, I love lengthy comic books. It does a lot for me. I don't, I don't like reading. Um, I know the first book I read, I, I just read it because it, it was important to it, um, to this episode. But uh, I don't like reading short comics. Like, like under like 14 pages is not enough for me. Uh, to really get sink my teeth into this one was lengthy. I'm not sure exactly how many pages it was, but uh, I did a lot of scrolling for it, and I, I I thoroughly enjoyed this story. I'm glad that I randomly came across this book. I'm gonna give it a ten. Dialogue dialogue was money, and I know dialogue is is you know probably one of the most overrated you know maybe ratings that we do on this show because we just kind of breeze through it. But um, the southern twang, the southern accents were. Very well done, very well written in this book, and I was very impressed with it. It it's it felt I, like it. That's 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 what's important to to me is being able to read and feel that accent um, when it comes to dialogue. So I'm going to give that a ten, and you know what? I'm going to give the rereadability a ten too because of the length. Um, this gets a perfect score for me. Honestly, it was very well done, very interesting. Uh, so 50 out of 50 for Hellboy and the Crooked Man. So, mm. All right, Greg. Mm. Take us home. How about that? How about that? All right. I'm going to do this one. This one strictly because there's a famous panel in this one that's just one of the best Hellboy panels of all time. So that's why I'm picking this specific story. Uh, I'm going to hop into it. This is Box Full of Evil. Um, it starts with Hellboy and Abe Sapien, his fish humanoid friend uh, are visiting this one man mr heath who speaks of how this there was this round man who walked into his house holding and it shows the this as well he has this candle that is a hand with each finger on fire um and 
he said as this guy walked in, he just it, he was unable to move for hours, him and everyone else who lived in his home. Uh, the man chiseled out something out of our wall and took a box and a pair of tongs. Um, he said it was horrible, and Abe, he asks Abe like what, what it was, and Abe goes, oh, this is a real human hand. And he goes, was there anything where the man hammered? And it was a picture of St. Dunstan. Um, which there was a story about, which St. Dunstan, um, according to, to this legend, captured the devil, um, by his nose with this pair of tongs and trapped him in his head in this box that this man apparently took. Um, Mr. Heath tells them of the house uh, uh, that he saw a house in his vision as the man left that was similar to the house of the fall of usher by Edgar Allan Poe. Um, Hellboy is immediately familiar with the house and it cuts over to the round man who is, I forget his name now. Um, It'll say it in a minute. This round man, uh, I want to say it's Brom Heath, who is actually a classic villain of uh, Hellboy's, is there talking about the same legend and these people are like, now that we have the box, we can serve Satan. Sweet. Um, this, these two rich people, Mr. Bromhead, Bromhead, there it is. Um, and he gives them the box in exchange for their estate and, um, but gives them this key for free. And he asks them like, what, what witch do you, or wish do you have? And the husband wishes that um, he would be surrounded enough gold to drown in and a gold crown on his head. Um, as they make this wish, they open the box and a fly flies out and into the woman's throat. Um, he, the woman then turns around and her eyes turn green and she immediately like looks younger and she reaches out and looks at the, the count, the husband, and goes, you're a monkey. And he turns into a monkey. <laughs> and looks at Mr. Broomhead and um, attends to turn him into a lizard but he actually opens up his coat and he has a placard of St. Dunstan um, and knows the this creature's real name and that he's not actually Satan but a lesser devil um, or a lesser demon um, that works for her oh, gosh. I'm not going to shoot you it hurts so bad <laughs> But because he knows its real name, he's able to command it. He knows its like actual name, not just the name that it's given, um, which is classic. Like they have like a a, a name and then another name, uh, and that so he begins to control this beast, um, and the beast tells him like there's a wealth greater than anything. He goes, or there's something else, uh, and he says. There is a great beast, the harbinger of the apocalypse, alive in this world. He has denied his fate, but he has never given up his crown. It is invisible to him and to all men, but he wears it. And his power to loose and control the greater furies of destructive nature, even the regents of hell, must bow before it, including this crazy dragon. He's actually talking about Hellboy. Um, you've ever seen that, that scene where he's covered in fire with the crown above his yeah. head? Um, it's because he is the bringer of the apocalypse. Um, and so he's talking about Hellboy's crown. And this creature gives him Hellboy's secret name so he can control him. Um, Hellboy and Abe show up at the house. And he says that he had actually been there on a mission in the past. 
Um, and that's why he knew what it was, that there had actually been something there before and they drove it out. And then the count immediately bought the house afterwards. <laughs> um, they come in and again, this is the second book. There's this image of like this ghastly deer just constantly staring at Hellboy. Um, I actually don't know the nature of that. And I, it, I think this might have led to it happening in the later books. Um, but they walk in and he's calling for Count Garino. Um, they say it's awfully quiet. And as they go upstairs, the box is open and they find out and they call the people idiots. Um, and this is the panel. Hellboy looks at Abe and he goes, what's in that corner? Abe goes, is that a monkey? Hellboy responds, it's got a gun. <laughs> and then the monkey pulls out a pistol and shoots Abe. <laughs> it's one of the best Hellboy panels of all time. That is awesome. <laughs> if you've seen, like, they announced, like, Pokemon Sword and Shield, then they announced the green, like, Pokemon gun. Yeah. And it's the green monkey from Pokemon gun, like, <laughs> holding, the new starter holding a gun. That's actually the panel, like, where they got that from. That okay. That... <laughs> Which is awesome. Super. So Hellboy is was secretly involved in that um hellboy then goes to punch the monkey and the monkey throws the gun and uh broomhead steps out and actually traps hellboy in ice and has the monkey drab a drag abe away um he commands hellboy to grow his horns and like to to take on his true form and hellboy's horns grow he covers in fire and the crown shows up um and this other beast, this demon, takes the crown and sticks it on his head. As he does this, um, Brumhead starts to beat Hellboy to death. Cuts over, and um, Abe sees the monkey, and he's like, A good monkey, everything's going to be okay, and the monkey brands Abe. Uh, and it cuts back over, and the deer is there again, and like the deer starts like oozing blood out of its mouth. And I think the deer has something to do with the apocalypse. I'm, I'm not sure... This might be something like that's out of my realm. And right. I'm interested because this is the second, like the second book I've read where he's talking about his his ability as an apoc- like or his his duties as the bringer of the apocalypse. And there's this weird deer head, so it must be something uh, maybe from these books or something in lore that I don't actually know about, which is rare uh, for this kind of lore. Because secretly, like I'm a big Christian, but I secretly have a love for like Lovecraftian lore. Right, right, right. I have a supernatural tattoo. Um, I do. So, I did not know that. Yep, the one on my chest. My brother and I both have it. It's from it's the logo. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> so so yeah, but so I, I I'm interested now. I'm curious to know this. But anyway, this other demon puts the crown on, and he begins to have the same power Hellboy used to have. Um, and he tells Brumhead not to kill Hellboy. Uh, Hellboy put Brumhead in jail for 15 years, so he like wants revenge on him. Um, but tells him he, he has to be alive so he can steal the right hand of doom, which is Hellboy's gigantic hand. It's a weapon uh, forged in hell for Apocalypse. As this happens, the, the tongs actually turn into a sword um, for them to cut off Hellboy's hand. It cuts over, and Hellboy's in this like ethereal realm while all this is happening. Um, he's not really sure where it is, but there's these like three people looking at him. Uh, a man in a suit, like a small man in like a suit, Another man that you can't really see with scissors on his uniform. It's like a, and then another person in a cloak. Um, and this one looks like Darth Maulish. Uh, and he says, you're the world's destroyer of the beast. That, that's your name? He goes, are you sure? Because he's like, are you the one wearing the crown? He's like, oh, no, I'm not. And as this happens, he realizes the name no longer has any power over him because he doesn't have the crown on. 
uh, and he tur- gets back up, uh, you know, delivers his um, his famous one-liners as he begins to just beat the crud out of this this other demon who's wielding the sword and actually breaks the sword with the right hand of doom. Um, as this happens, Broomhead runs away. Abe gets away from the monkey. He like kicks in the face and then he <laughs> yeah. like. <laughs> I love it. And then he uses his strength to like rip the chains that he was being held in the wall, like the wall out of, like off the wall with the stone and hits the monkey in the face with the stone um, and then throws it through the wall and it lands in a pile of gold. Um, Hellboy keeps fighting the other demon and as Broomhead runs by, he actually encounters Abe and Abe like rips something off of his suit. Broomhead goes to like pray and, um, this other creature, this other person shows up. They believe to be Dunstan. It doesn't really make it clear who it is. Uh, and Broomhead then now realizes his emblem was broken by Abe and he begins to turn into the lizard he was supposed to turn into before. Um, Hellboy still fighting. The creature tells him, like, you've almost become human. He goes, oh, that's right. I should be looking more human too, basically. He breaks his horns off his head and stabs his own horns through the demon and kills him. Um, and throws him out the window as the fly like leaves that that demon's mouth how actually jumps catches it and dives into the water um, and gives it to this beast who they never say like this guy who they never say it is and the guy like takes it captures the demon and gives the crown back to hellboy hmm. um, and he rides away on his dragon so i think he's supposed to be the devil i'm not really sure right <laughs> he like rides away on this this dragon, like he turns into, and then he's got a snake in his hand where his staff was, and a set of crowns, and he like goes back into the water, uh, and he tells Hellboy to call him, and Hellboy tells him not to hold his breath. Um, it goes back, and Hellboy catches up with Abe, and this is my favorite part. So there was that that line where Count says, "I want to be covered in gold with a crown of gold on my head, enough gold to drown in." And it cuts over to the monkey laying in the gold where Abe threw him. And this is Count Carino. And he's surrounded with gold and a crown falls onto his head and it says the end. <laughs> like, that was that's such a good way to end it. That's perfect. I um, like that. This is a perfect score for me as well. Is it? Okay. I, I, I think these, these little stories are like Hellboy's bread and butter. These quick episodic stuff. Like, these are incredible because I, I didn't have to know too much of the the other story besides the fact that he's a harbinger which they do a good job at explaining regardless um they did a a, it's really good job explaining it the action was incredible the dialogue was incredible like this is the art was so good um everything about this comic was good this like this just the ending was so well done and like that monkey's got a gun (laughs) Like this is easy. I'm not even gonna go through everything. Um, you could hear it while I was reading it. This is a this is a fifty. Um, there's some, and then the rereadability is definitely that high because there is stuff that makes me more interested in the main storyline. This yeah. is what I'm talking about that that episodic serial where, okay, I want to know who these these three mysterious figures are that gave him a hint. Um, I want to know who this guy is that showed up. <laughs> like I want to know these little things. Um, I want to go back and find out how he got Brumhead put in jail. But I don't need to know that to enjoy this story. Right. So, so yeah, this is awesome. This was a ton of fun. Um, I am really looking forward to this movie. I know a lot of people, like like I said before, Ron Perlman was their first um, encounter with Hellboy. Yeah. So they're having trouble getting past that. I think if you really invest and read in the comic books, 
um, it'll be a little easier. It is going to be different than the comic books. I can tell you that now. There's a new original character, um, but it is going to be different. It's going to be cool. You have the, I'm going to forget his name now, um, but the one BPR agent, BPRD agent who's a were jaguar. Super excited. He's going to be included. Um, Ian McShane is brilliant. He's So I know his broom is going to be different, but I think it's still going to be incredible. Right. Um, we're not going to get rescued, but we're going to get the Blood Queen, and it's played by my, Mila Djokovic. I forget her name. Oh, name. yeah, yeah. Djokovic um, or something. She's like great. That. She's great, despite some of the Resident Evil movies that were ugh, but still fun to watch. Right. Um, I could still I could still watch the mindless terribleness of those movies over and over again. She's she's very good. Like uh, it's it's bound to be a cult classic, which is exactly what Hellboy's meant to be. Hellboy's not meant to be an Avengers. It's not meant to be a ninety eight percent Rotten Tomatoes. It's meant to be holy cow, this was a ton of fun and I really enjoyed it. I'm very invested in the lore, despite the movie being a little goofy and all over the place. As you can tell when we read the comics, that's exactly what these are. They're, these aren't meant to be masterpieces. They're meant to be something enjoyable to kind of turn your brain off and go in a different direction. Right. Um, and I, I think that's what this movie's going to be. I'm, I'm very excited. It looks like it has character. It has style. Me, um, yeah, me too. It, it, you can't judge something before. Like, it's... There's movies you can judge before yeah. they come out, like in X-Men. Like, it's... It, don't get me started. But, like, Hellboy, it's a, it's a reimagining, right? Yeah. You, you have to give it a chance. You have to. It's not... A, it's, I don't think it's the same... Well, probably not the same director. No. no. Um, it's, it's a different, completely different creative vision. So you have to give it a chance and, and do it. You know, this is the same thing. Yeah. We essentially said with Captain Marvel. You know, don't listen to everybody else. And whether it's... It's political stuff. Whether it's 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 really anything that d- detracts a movie, give the damn thing a chance. And you, yeah, you and you can't go. Oh, this actor's not the one that was before, so I'm not gonna like it. We if we would have done that, none of those other Batman movies would have never. Had right, that was never a problem. Adam before. West would have been the be all end all, or Michael Keaton. Yeah, you know that, what I mean. That's it. It's never been something until recently that it's been. This is the only actor who can play this character. Right. Um. And with that being said, too, like. All of a sudden, all this hate for David Harbour, not too long ago, people were watching like Stranger Things and going, Hopper's amazing, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, oh, but he can't play Hellboy. There's only Ron Perlman. I don't like David Harbour anymore. Um, <laughs> you're stuck with him? He got cast for... That was the other thing. David Harbour, who's playing Hellboy, got cast for the Black Widow movie as well. So he's here to stay. That'll be... And I think he'll be the first to make a three-peat appearance. He'll have now been in a DC comic movie, Suicide Squad. Hellboy, which is Dark Horse, and he'll be in Marvel, right? Uh, which is cool. I think he's the only one to have been in three comic book properties. Uh, in those three comic book properties, a movie from all of them. This might be only the second Dark Horse property, but still, kind of cool. Um, but yeah, g- give it a chance. I think it's going to be really cool. It's going to be a very different than the Ron Perlman movies. It is. It's okay. Because <laughs> both of them are very different from the comic books in their own ways. Right. Um, but I'm excited for it. I'm excited. It did, did adapt a little bit of the, the classic soundtrack thing that everyone's been using. Fox used it with Deadpool. Marvel used it with Guardians. Um, but it works. It makes those kind of movies fun. It does. It helps out a lot. It really does. Makes but. it a period piece in that sense. Yeah. It does. But I'm excited. I'm really excited for the CGI. I'm excited that they can do a little more with the monsters. Um, and I'm hoping this is... An, an adventure of the universe. We're going to get a little Lobster Johnson. 
We're gonna get some of the other characters. We're not gonna get Abe this this time around, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be very different. I, like I said, I'm excited. I will probably talk about it once I finally see it. Same thing with Shazam. Uh, give my first thoughts. But yeah, that's Hellboy. Perfect. Next week, advertisements. We're going Mad Men. Yeah, we're gonna go through all of our personal comic book collections and legit look through. Um, through comic books or for advertisements like the fun ones the ones that you haven't seen in a while like yeah. Gum, like Gumby and and stuff like that like there's a lot there's a lot of good ones sea people or sea monkeys and, and you know like this Lord of the Rings I used to have those set. too that's I did as well I did oh that's awesome oh, so this, we got this a lot this is one of the books I got for you did you? <laughs> all four of them in here somewhere oh thank you uh, very good uh, that'll be do it for us this week on the panel discussion um, Greg doesn't know this yet, but he will be on the he'll be on the uh, Push Start podcast this week. Oh, I will. Sweet. What yeah. are we talking about? Are you talking about? Oh, we're, we're going to talk about what you want to talk about. Sweet. So we're going to be talking about Paperboy. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Yep. I asked Christian and Caddy, and they're they're all for it. Sweet. So, um, we'll get that all set up. We do it at Christian's house. Uh, so you can just come over, and we'll go there. But regardless, uh, you don't need to know all that. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Panel Discussion Podcast. We appreciate you every week. And yeah, next week, advertisements. Go enjoy the movies. Go enjoy Shazam. Go enjoy uh, Hellboy. If Captain Marvel's still out and you haven't seen it, go enjoy it. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Treat yourself.